Welcome back to the From Field to Plate podcast. Today I'm here uh, with Cameron um, and it's Matt, correct? Cameron and Matt from yes. um, Long Shot Targets. Uh, I met Cameron in um, at SHOT Show. We were literally walking by. It was like our last day. We were walking by and it turned, I was like, that's a really cool product. And happens to know that Cameron follows. Cameron does a lot of stuff with uh, kind of From Field to Plate style classes with some youth and so we got chit chatting. and i was like be great to have you guys on and talk about your product so matt cameron how you guys doing today doing good uh apologize in advance i've been on the show circuit and um got the little sniffles going on so uh so apologize in advance for that but uh appreciate you having us oh i think i'm in the yeah. same i'm in the same boat you are feels like i've shaken too many hands and i don't know why i'm not dead yet so but and then Matt's yeah. sitting in his car. He's getting all ready. He's gonna have to leave uh, halfway through this podcast. So if he bounces, it'll just be Cameron and I talking. Um, but yeah, yeah, so yeah, tell us a little bit about who you guys are, um, and then we'll jump into kind of like what your company is and what it does because I think it's a phenomenal product. Um, just from what I saw at Shot Show and then what I've been researching at home, because um, I take out so many new hunters that this is something that I look at of it's it's game changing the factor of taking out a brand new hunter and putting it behind a rifle for the first time and being able to explain, you know, what they're doing. So kind of jump in wherever you guys want to start of who you are, kind of what you guys do, and then we'll get into the company. Yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, like I said, my name is Cameron Caulfold, uh, VP of sales and marketing for uh, long shot target cameras. Um, so brief overview, um, Longshot makes products that, uh, for for lack of a better explanation, so, uh, solve a pinch point in the shooting industry. Um, our target cameras are wireless cameras that are mounted downrange and give a user the ability to have a live video stream right on their phone or tablet. Um, on our long-range product, we guarantee two-mile range um, from camera to user. Um we also have another product that uh, has a 300 yard guaranteed range. Uh, so it kind of hits everything from your extreme long range shooter to your, your youth hunter that has to sight in a rifle at a hundred yards before, before a deer hunt. Um, we also make other accessories and, and bring in other products, uh, really trying to, as shooters ourselves, you know, see, visualize and hear any type of pain point that, you know, we wish there was a better solution for, or we see a better solution. Um, so we either make or go source or, you know, collaborate with other brands to, uh, to kind of fully encompass, uh, what a shooter could need at the range or, or in the field. And I'll let Matt introduce himself, but, uh, I just wanted to give an overview yeah. and Matt, you can uh, fill in the blanks. Yeah, so my name is Matt Hale, and I'm the creative director at Longshot Target Cameras. Uh, and my role is to uh, expand our visual brand, and uh, so that involves graphics and video and and social marketing. And so we're really excited about where we're stepping into as a brand as well. We have a great product, and it's really solid. And we think if people have it in their hands, they really we'll see the value in it. Um, but the big thing that we're trying to do in my role in this is to try and 
show people who we are and be that's a brand we can trust. So we're just trying to tell the long shot story as a whole. Nice. And kind of what is that story? Like, where did you guys get started? Um, Because I know that, you you know, it was founded and then you guys are working for it. But like, where's the kind of where's the story about, you know, how long shot got got started and kind of what you guys are looking for in the future? Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. I'll, I'll answer this. Um, yes. So 2013, uh, Clay Roden, our CEO uh, and founder, was getting into shooting. At the time, he had bought an AR and was looking to uh, sight it in, wasn't really into hunting, didn't grow up hunting, um, but post-college was helping with his uh, father's business. Um who did uh, wireless security camera monitoring. And um, he's always been a uh, techie engineer minded guy, um, loves to take stuff apart, put it back together. So he, uh, he went to the range. He didn't have a spotting scope to, to help him out. So he kind of pulled a couple pieces together um, from the shop there took wireless camera, piggybacked on a third-party app that they use uh, at the time for wireless monitoring and was able to see his shot downrange in real time on his phone. And at the time, I was uh, just kind of a friend in the in the equation who was uh, a big outdoorsman, big hunter. Um, he'd kind of pitched it to me and... Uh, he, he took a, a CNC router uh, at his dad's shop and kind of built a prototype. And um, at this time, this is circa day 2013 or 12, somewhere in there. Um, the NRA show just happened to be in Houston, where our headquarters is. And uh, he asked myself and his father and uh, his father's business partner, uh, who were all kind of co-creators on it, if uh, we wanted to get a booth and see if uh, the market was hungry for something like this. Um, And turns out there were a couple other companies in the space, um, but for lack of a better understanding, were prehistoric, like military grade, you know, uh, pulling cables and kind of like the old uh, military field laptops that you kind of see in movies. Um, This was the first with like an app-based, uh, use your personal device type of uh, application. And so we took it to the NRA show and had a huge uh, interest gauge. We actually sold three units and we only had one prototype. Nice. Um, so, yeah, we, we were like, uh, I guess we need to figure out how to actually mass produce these things. Um, and so, yeah, that was 2013. Um, Clay went to business school at the University of Texas and kind of always had a plan to start his own company. Um, And so he took off one direction and um, I took off into a career in another direction, uh, but was always a part of it uh, kind of from the outside, uh, either pro staffing with him, taking out prospective uh, clients or investors or, you know, content curating, just kind of, doing it in my normal hunting, shooting life that I was doing, um, for fun. Um, and so, yeah, he grew it into, uh, the business 
that you see today. Um, and then post COVID, um, when working remote started to become a thing, um, I live in Waco, which is the center of Texas. He lives in South Houston. Um, so once it became a, I could actually live in, in Waco where my wife, uh, has a career with Magnolia, uh, network design company. Um, it kind of merged. Okay. I'm, I'm no longer going to do this on the weekends. Um, I'm going to, to jump in with you. And, um, so now I run our, um, international sales and then we have a rep group, uh, who runs our uh, domestic sales that I oversee as well. And then work with Matt on the marketing and, um, you know, try to create a brand that people recognize and, uh, you know, the fact that you, uh, you stopped where you were, and I know you were with a buddy who runs a hunting ranch, um, and we're able to see the product, catch your eye and kind of get an idea of what we do all in an instant, uh, I think is a, a testament to kind of clay and Matt and everything we're doing, um, on our side. Yeah. I mean, shot show was so full of just product, right? If you, I mean, if you don't know what shot show is, shot show is literally shooting, hunting and outdoor trade show. And it is, it's overstimulating. Yeah. I mean, we were there for three days and did not hit every single booth, um, that people had. And we were just walking by and we were talking and it caught my eye because you had it on the big screen about stuff. And I was telling Cody, I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. Because what I do is, you know, I take my spotting scope, I attach my phone to it and then I'm sitting there recording and then I'm having to go back to the person that's shooting and taking it off the stand. And, and I was like, man, that'd be something awesome to be able to sit with the person next to them when they're shooting and show them live where their shots are versus having to keep getting up and down and taking your phone off or taking whatever it is. And then it's still a spotting scope. So you're still looking through, you know, that little, and someone bumps it or it's shaky or the wind. And so it was just one of those deals where it just caught our eyes um, and we got talking. So, yeah, I think right off the bat, it was something that was different um, than, than what I've seen and working in the industry, taking out a lot of people, something that's different stands out because you watch around shot show and it's all the same exact crap um, with just a little bit, you know, of a different flair. We actually said like, Hey, I wonder how many companies actually manufacture AR parts and how many of these companies just put their own brand on it and sell it. Cause everything is, exa- I mean, every gun was the same. Every logo was the same every, and it was just, it was kind of mind numbing. So it was cool to sit there and see something orange that wasn't a tactical vest or wasn't, you know, something that was just lame. Um, and we didn't get that much time because it literally were leaving. I was taking him to the airport, I think. And it was just that last stop that we saw you and talked to you. And, um, so yeah, I think that's, that's a testimony to just kind of, and you only had like a 10 by 10 booth. It wasn't huge. So. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> um, that's funny you say that because the people next to us, um, they were fantastic really on both sides. Um, and they, uh, they made the comment to us after they were like, Hey, we really enjoyed, you know, being next to you guys and learning about your products and y'all were great, but, but y'all need a bigger booth. <laughs> and <laughs> we were like, yeah, yeah. Between us and silencer shop across the way, uh, you know, we were all kind of spilling out into the hallway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you liked the backdrop. That scene, that was something that uh, clay saw it somewhere. It's a, it's a vertical projector. Um, and he showed me it. Uh, I was with him over Christmas. 
he showed it to me in his spare room. And he's like, what do you think about this for the backdrop of a booth? And I was like, if we can have Matt create like just the content uh, at his quality, that is, you know, something that he can plug and play and change each night and update with visuals. Like let's do it. Yeah. It was so awesome. that was the first time I'd ever seen it was around Christmas and, you know, uh, fast forward to January 15th. That was our shot show backdrop. Yeah, no. So good on you, Matt. That looked, if you were the one that was working that, that, that looked great. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. It, and, and it's funny how you talk about shot show and how, you know, it was refreshing to see orange and, and something that was a little bit different. And while yes, we're smaller than some of the bigger companies for sure is, and especially in a 10 by 10 booth, um, we caught a lot of people's attention, uh, which if we can just catch their attention, then we can bring them in, let them actually experience what it is that we do. We can tell them the narrative of long shot. And so I think because we were separated and, and, you know, in, in our visuals and I think, I think it brought people in. So, and I think it's just going to keep getting better and better. So. Yeah. I think, well, one thing for me, it's, it's all about storytelling, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I make a living on cooking dead animals, and if you say it that <laughs> I, you know, if you just say, "Hey, you know, what do you do for a living?" You know, you ever see those like Facebook things, like, "Tell us what you do for a living," but in a bad way, or you know, you know, what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I always be like, "Oh, I yeah. cook," you know, or I, uh, I heat up dead animals over fire or something. You know, like if mm-hmm. you, if you look at the core of what it is we do, if you look at the core of what your product is, it's just a camera, right? Um, mm-hmm. but where's the story mm-hmm. behind the camera and what's the story behind bettering your shot? And, and it doesn't just have to be for hunters. It can be for youth. It can be for outdoorsmen. It can be for long range shooters. Mm-hmm. Anytime we can effectively create ourselves and tell a story and put it in a way that people want to stop and look at it. I think that's mm-hmm. where that, that whole mindset comes. And so for us walking through and seeing the, just the mind numbingness of everyone with the same exact thing and seeing the, you know, that the 10 by 10, there was a story there that we had to stop and we had to say hi, even though we were literally leaving to go to the airport. And I think that to me, that's where it was cool. And that's kind of why I wanted to get you guys on to talk just to kind of a little bit about what the product is, um, which Cameron talked about, you know, briefly, but kind of explain, I know you guys have like some, some different models, um, some, some different cameras. What are some things that just say, you know, the average person going out there, you know, cause you think about Mississippi to in that area, they're only shooting 200 yards. Like what, what's a product they can do and how is this going to help them become a better shooter, a better hunter, you know, a better teacher to their, to their children or their spouses or whoever else, like kind of explain a little bit more on that aspect of it. Yeah. So the, the product that would hit, that would fit that niche, uh, we call our marksman. Um, and so that is the camera standalone um, which emits its own Wi-Fi signal. So you don't need any uh, outside stuff. You don't need cell reception. You don't need uh, an external Wi-Fi. <clears throat> you just turn it on, connect to it on your phone or tablet, uh, and off you go. Um, it's a really great tool for just an interactive component to shooting. So too many people just go out and, you know, before deer season, they're going to tack a backside of a corn bag with target on it to a tree, shoot it four times. And then if they hit a six inch circle, 
you know, at a hundred yards, it's okay. That's good enough to kill it. Um, which in my opinion, as a hunter and a shooter, I find that to be a disservice. Um, like if you're going to ethically shoot something, you need to be pretty accurate. Um, you know, instead of shooting wounded animals, especially in those areas where how thick they are, you know, being able to recover them. So, um, I would say using our products, uh, gives you an interactive, uh, experience in shooting where you know you can you can visibly see in real time uh the downrange target uh the cameras are about 15 to 20 feet away from the target in a 3k megapixel resolution so a very clear um and defined picture where you can zoom in on your phone or tablet um and in our app can go in and do everything from physically marking a shot um, so I can tell you which shot is mine, which shot is yours, um, measuring group size. So if you're going to, you know, take a group of hunters and you want to make sure that they're squared away with their gun, you can actually measure that group size, um, you know, to make sure that they're, they're dialed in. Um, and a great feature is using that shot group calculator. Uh, you can actually walk in your target. Uh, your your optics to your target. Um, we always say, you know, somewhere between three and four shots. You're not just, you know, looking at it like, oh, yeah, come over left. Like we can actually put it in a conversion. So if you're using a, an MOA or a mil scope, you know, actually make that conversion of, okay, that's 2.4 uh, minute of angle instead of just like clicking it till you, you know, yeah. bottom out and then shooting again. Click it till you make it. You know, yeah. So, I mean, that's just at 200 yards. Um, I mean, Matt can attest to this. We took our whole company out um, a couple weeks ago, and you know, just dove into the products, and we were just shooting at 100 yards. Um, but being able to tack targets up at nine in the morning and shoot until four in the afternoon on the same targets, um, and we're talking, you know, some of the guns shoot you know, sub, sub minute groups and, you know, being able to put notes on there, different cartridges, different calibers, different guns, different shooters, all in the notes and record that information. Um, it just changes the whole experience when you're at the range. Um, and in my experience with guiding, um, I love to use that at a hundred yards when we're verifying shooters. Um, the thing that we got to talking about was my involvement with the Texas parks and wildlife youth program. And that's the first thing we do when, uh, we usually take girls that are 10 to 17 out. Um, you know, sometimes they're shooting grandpappy's old, you know, 30 out six, um, or they're shooting, you know, some souped up new gun, but we use those cameras we put them on the range and we tell them to shoot, but being able to on your phone say, this was your impact and this is what you need to come over because they don't always see that sight picture through the optic like you can do on a phone. And it's always challenging as a spotter to stand next to a shooter. You know, when you're looking through different optics and be like, okay, you know, that dot that's right next to the other dot that's, you know, on the fiber ring, being able to show them on a phone like this, what you're looking at. Yep. That's what I'm looking at. Uh, and then make that adjustment. 
So a long wind winded answer just to say, you know, it's a time saver. It's efficient, uh, especially in a time where ammo costs a lot. Um, you know, you're not just throwing ammo out there. Just shouldn't take you a whole box of sight in a target. Yeah. Now, did you grow up hunting and stuff, Matt? No. So I grew up in the Midwest. And so hunting and shooting was a, a normal practice around the areas that I lived in. And so, but a lot of what I was doing was a lot of skeet shooting personally. So I'm coming in from a different world and, and perspective um, coming into d- working with long shot and, and just, just as an observer, even though I, I work with this great team as an observer, seeing how good this system works, I, I'm just kind of in awe of it because of, you know, we look at what industry that we're in and seeing that nobody's really doing it the way we are executing as good as we're doing. And so it's just cool to see, you know, clay and seeing this thing that he built and he's such a tech savvy guy and he can look into, he he made this thing very robust and work. And, but as me, as the observer walking in, like I get to see that I can start from, you know, point a at the most beginner level, log on and try this system out as a beginner and I can still make sense of it all. And it's still a great tool for me. And then as you start to dive into the product more, you're like, Oh, I can mark my shots. I can calculate my groups and, and all this stuff. So the thing that I think is interesting about the product and just every camera system that we have, you, you, it can be as customized as you want. It can be as bare minimum as you're, as you're teaching, you know, someone who's a beginner or who's young can make it just, Hey, we just want to see a live feed of our, of our shots. And that's great. We execute that really, really well. But then as you start to get more into the hobby and the experience of shooting, it can go as deep as you want. And there's so many features, especially when you dive into the app, there are so many features involved. So I, I come in from a different perspective than these guys. These guys are like, real in it and know the details and I'm more the beginner and this system really works for both parties. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, just you saying that is awesome because I think about this fact that, you know, I take out, you know, I teach classes with people who are in the class. I've got brand new people who have never touched a gun before in the, in the class. And in that same class, I've got guys who have hunted in Africa and they own, you know, 500 different guns. And they're all coming into the same class. And it's crazy when I always try to find products that can appease to both sides. Um, And I think this is one of those products that is huge for the fact that it it works well with everybody. And one of the things that really caught me, which really, which I've been looking into a lot and, you know, we got to talk about getting me one of these is I can't tell you after every single shooter that I'm walking down 200 yards to put up a new target because like you were saying, there's all the different holes all in it. And when you have a new hunter or even a veteran hunter where you're sitting there going, okay, well, like you were saying, it's three, you know, it's three lines down over to the right as, as the spotter and they can't see it through their optics because again, I'm looking through an 80 power, you know, uh, spotting scope. They're looking through their, you know, nine by eight, um, you know, and so they can't see the difference. They can't do it. And then I'm telling them, okay, well, 
we got to bring it down 23 clicks or we have to bring it over. And to them, it doesn't make sense. And for me to be able to have a screen with all the different colors where I can walk in something, I think is huge because you can take that veteran hunter or that experienced hunter and say, hey, okay, this is what your gun did. Because, again, sort of like Cameron was saying, every time you come to the class, the very first thing we do is we go to the range. If you bring your own gun or if you shoot one of our guns, I don't care. I'm not going to sit in a blind with you or sit in a car with you, you know, a high rack and drive around and put a weapon in your hand unless I know that you're proficient enough to ethically take that animal and be comfortable behind the behind the optics. Um, and so I think to me that's one of the biggest selling points that I saw was just being able to address a problem, fix a problem immediately versus, okay, well, let's go back. Let's walk down to the range. Let's grab that piece of paper. Let me sit here and try to explain to you what I was talking about on this piece of paper that when you get it back, it's a 20-inch circle, but out there it looks like a little 10-inch dot, you know? So how do you explain that? So I think that was a huge thing. So Yeah, you you said two things that, that I think are super interesting, and, and Matt did a phenomenal job of kind of explaining the different ranges of that because I see it when I do demos all the time. You've got both ends of the spectrum, and I think this industry – uh, just to, to pile on with what you felt at SHOT Show, does a really poor job of accepting innovation. 100%. It's like a, this is how we've always done it, and these are our colors, and this is the spectrum that we accept and like to play in. And we don't really like to, to bring in new things because this is how we've always done it. Um, and so that's been a, a struggle as a point of entry as a, you know, a smaller company, a new company with an innovative type of product is, you know, regardless of your your spectrum of, you know, your expert shooter or your beginner, your expert shooter, and I see it all the time, they're like, I did not know this existed. What have I been doing all this time to your new shooter who didn't know any better, but is appreciative of the ability, you know, in real time to see where they're hitting. So it's been really fun to see, you know, both ends of the spectrum, like Clay, who's the reigning king of one mile uh, shooting champion, uses our system, you know, to do everything he does. And then, you know, a new shooter who's just using it because he doesn't want to walk 100 yards, is, it, you know, it, it fits the whole end of the spectrum. Which I think is kind of funny that you said that because I was just talking to a buddy yesterday about innovation within it. And I said, it's really funny when you look at these guys who don't want to do new cooking methods with food, with wild game. They don't want to use new knives. You know, they got their grandpa's buck knife, but they're okay with using the newest and best optics. They're okay with using the newest and best bow and arrow, right? They're not using the standard old school recurve or the metal, you know, strings anymore. Like when bear first came out in the eighties where it was all literally metal, strings they've evolved with that but when it comes to products which make us better hunters like your guys's you know long shot target cameras or getting a more effective better knife or learning how to cook wild game that's not just dried out wrapped in bacon and jalapenos it becomes like oh no this is the way we always do it this is the way the hunting industry it's like you're okay with innovation and growth when it comes to the 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 newest and coolest gun that's going to make you look badass but 
when it comes down to the nitty gritty of learning and becoming a better hunter or a better shooter, no, I don't need that. I'll just go ahead and look through my binoculars every time I take a shot. So, yeah. And it, it seems that, and I'm sure it's probably similar in, in the cooking industry um, from a uh, equipment standpoint, it's like the, the innovative companies, you know, the newer ones, they have a cool idea big conglomerates come around and we're like, well, it's cheaper for us to buy that company, buy that technology than to develop it ourselves. And then now they own this thing that they didn't help create and they don't really know how to better it anymore. And a lot of the cool stuff like dies on the vine. Yeah. One of the, one of the new things we saw at shot to show also was a company called I aiming and it's um, a digital um, night vision style scope, right? Go. It's got the phosphorus white. It's got the the heat. It's got the green. It's all the thermal things you can have in it. And one of their big things was they, be, you know, people keep coming to them to try to buy them out, and they're saying the same thing to you. They're like, no, because you don't believe in the product. You don't know the product. You don't understand the product. And their whole goal is that single shot. You know, sort of like what Burris came out the Eliminator, right? Take a shot. It'll auto correct where your shot is. Um, All right. But for the thermal aspect world, it's it's new and upcoming because you can shoot it in the middle of the day, right? They've got the settings where you can set it down where you can actually shoot in the middle of the day and see your targets. Where a lot of these old thermals and stuff, you can't shoot during the day because you can't see, right? It's bright. It's it's, it's light. And so for you guys also, I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was cool that you guys were just there, being there and being a product, and that you guys were ran by guys who use the product. Um, one of the things that I find going to trade shows is you can walk up to a booth and the person you're talking to has no idea anything about that product, right? They they know the piece of paper they got to read off when yeah, something comes up. They read the manual. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, or you walk up to a booth, and, you know, with the guy I was with, Cody, with West Texas Outfitters, you mentioned, it was his first time there, and he was like, oh, this is a really cool product. I really want to talk to the, the people. And he walked up, and the people behind the booth look at you, and they see your little green media tag, and they turn around, and they don't care they don't care about you because you're not going to buy their product and they're only making a sales commission, right? Cause they have no investment in the, in the product. And so it was always fun to see the smaller companies when they would just approach you, you know, like we walked up and you were just like, Oh my gosh, yes. And then we started sharing pictures and we started looking at different things and we started having a good, good conversation. And I think that's where we're really kind of missing out in this, in this new world that we're in is everyone's in it for a dollar and no one's in it for, you know, the passion of it. And I can really feel your passion with the product and, you know, kind of what you do. So. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. It, and it, it helps that I get to wear the sales and the marketing hat. So, I mean, I, I can see how it gets disconjointed uh, in other teams. And I know how a lot of those other teams work of, you know, I'm trying to make a sale and you're impeding that. Um, so Shot show for us is just as important about connections than it is, you know, making that sale. You actually can't sell at shot show. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can take orders, yeah. but you can't sell. Right. You can't sell <laughs> yeah. it to the. I cannot walk out with one of your products. But yeah, so and, th and that was a big thing. Uh, Matt has been working with us uh, part time for a year, um, and this was he actually started January third with us full time. We finally convinced him to, to leave his day job. Um, and so when we find, uh, when we found out that like, Hey, it's January 3rd, uh, we're 
kind of asking, but more like, hey, we got you a plane ticket to Vegas. We want you to come see this industry. Just dive in with both feet, get a feel for it, you know, from a branding perspective and, uh, you know, really see, you know, his, his feedback was very similar to yours. Like everything looks the same. Some of the logos even look the same. Like, how is that not a trademark? And, you know, just try to help tell a story about our brand that is not watered down and different. It's unique to us and what we do and, and what our mission is. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit. I know that Matt had to bounce and he's supposed to be back in a little bit, but let's kind of talk about more about what you're doing with um, Texas um, fish and game parks and wildlife, all that good stuff with these youth, because you do the same sort of style classes that I do. And how have you been able to use this product to kind of enhance that and get these young girls excited about going out and shooting, you know, cause you're even hanging up dead animals like I am and you're going through the whole process of turning that, that animal into dinner. So how has this product helped you in that and kind of more, more along the line of how can people that are living in Texas get involved with, with the program that, that you're running with them? Yeah. So I got uh, one of the, uh, there's a ranch here in Texas that I help manage. Um, and we got the landowner to, you know, essentially donate his land to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Youth Program, which is a program that exists inside of Texas Parks and Wildlife. And, you know, it's subsidized by your license. So if you are a youth in the state of Texas and purchase a hunting license, you can apply for these programs. And it's, you know, on private private land, some public land all over the state. Uh, but it's guided by advocates. Uh, very rarely, you, there's usually like an employee who is leading the program, but most of the time it's volunteers. And so uh, six years ago now, we put in parameters of, you know, we were looking to bring in young girls anywhere from 10 to 17, um, and they have to bring a guardian, uh, either mom, dad, uh, aunt and uncle, grandpa, grandma, um, accompany them. And we felt like at the time I didn't have any daughters, um, but, you know, had a wife who didn't really grow up in that realm, had access to it, but wasn't really her thing. Um, and really just wanted to open up, you know, a, a deer camp for girls, if you will. Um, and so the first year, you know, it was very structured. Um, at the time, five years ago, I was, you know, just doing the long shot thing on the side, kind of pro staffing. And, um, you know, when they went to the range, I found out they have, you know, a range master and they've got to, to qualify their guns at 100 yards before they even go. And I watched it as a bystander and I was like, there is a better way to do this. And it took like four hours. Like, you know, once they actually got their eye relief right and they got it in the scope, then they, you know, like I mentioned, grandpappy's 30 out six, they'd fire it and it, you know, blow them back. And then they took them five minutes to find the sight picture again. And even longer for the RSO to tell them what bullet hole was theirs. And so after watching that for like two hours, I actually had, uh, a gen two long shot camera in my truck and was like, if, if it's not stepping on anyone's, anyone's toes, um, I'd like to, to offer something up to this, to this range day. 
put the camera out there, put my tablet up and, you know, in, I don't know, three shots, the RSO was actually using my tablet as a reference, put down the spotting scope and just was watching that. And it was like a light bulb for me because I could not only the RSO was using that as a, as a resource, but the, the kid who was searching for 30 minutes to try to find which hole was there was sitting right there on a tablet. Like, Oh, that was mine. Okay. Well, that was my second one. So I need to keep doing this and doing that. Um, and you know, it just, it, it took a fraction of the time. Um, and so fast forward each year, uh, last year we bought an 18 foot cargo trailer um that we outfitted with screens and it's fully wrapped in our you know orange and black and um it's kind of our show and go for competitions and marketing events um and so i rolled out there and stuck two 55 inch tvs on the side of this thing and so now you got the tablet on the on the firing line that the the kid can see the rso can see but then the 25 other people who are standing around kicking rocks can sit there and watch uh, in real time and be, it's a, you know, a whole interactive part and, you know, they can see and celebrate a good shot or a good group, um, you know, and actually be part of that experience. So that was the shooting part. And then we go to the hunting part um, and kind of the same story five years ago. Um, you know, this is a, a managed land uh, piece of property with the state of Texas. Um, and so if you're not familiar with that, it's called the MLD program. Um, and you work with a biologist and you do a bunch of surveys and they basically tell you from a biologist standpoint, what's a healthy buck doe ratio um, and number of mouths on a specific piece of property. And so, you know, it could be a large amount of tags that you got to fill each year, you know, anywhere from 20 to 90. Um, and we like to use those tags to, um, you know, give to these hunters so that they can shoot, you know, any doe they want, you know, some, uh, some coal bucks, uh, you know, pigs, that kind of thing. Um, and they had like a structure in the program the first year. Um, you know, it's like, well, we're going to field dress an animal. And, you know, they lay one small tech, you know, South Texas doe out 95 pounds. And, you know, the girls are timid and, you know, there's always a couple, uh, you know, overzealous dads that jump in there and they're like, well, I'll just do it. And, you know, fast forward an hour and I'm watching two dads field dress a doe and the girls are off playing tag, you know, off in the, on the ranch. And so I kind of stepped in and was like, Hey, I, I get that you've got like a program, uh, structure you want to follow, but we are in Texas. We do have a phenomenal cleaning station with electric winches and gambrels and the whole deal. Like if you want to do this fine, but we're losing the kid's attention and they're not even into this anymore. Yeah. What if I stepped in and showed them how I do it. I mean, I'm cleaning 20 to 40 animals a year. I'm not a professional by any means, um, but I can, I can skin gut quarter and break down a deer pretty quick. Um, and so, yeah, that was the 
fast forward five years, that was the picture you saw. Um, you know, I've got, um, a lot of the girls that, you know, I can, uh, I can do it in a short enough time where they're still, you know, paying attention. Um, and then I clean one and sometimes we're hanging five at a time at this cleaning station. And, uh, you know, I let the dads kind of learn some tips and tricks and, and then I turn it over and, uh, you know, we'll clean five to 15 animals at one, one cleaning set. And I'll just kind of pop around and answer questions and, you know, kind of give feedback. Um, you know, but it was one of those, like I probably tanked the program because, you know, I use my, uh, my electric winch and I was using my, uh, my cleaning gloves and I was using my, uh, you know, Havilon, uh, replacement blade and, uh, my gut hook. And, um, then I really got the eye rolls when I busted out the, uh, the sawzall, uh, I was like, y'all, y'all can do it however you want, but in the sake of efficiency, just watch. Yeah. So it's no, been, it's, it's been such a rewarding program. No, it's huge. Cause again, I've done stuff with Texas park and wildlife as well. We did one down in, um, Tilden, Texas, where they had one of the ag classes. So it was high school ag class, you know, juniors, seniors, and they all came out that they didn't shoot all the animals because they only had a day. And so I went out and shot like 11 doe for them that morning. Like me, my dad, and somebody else were just like going, just shooting every doe that came to a feeder, you know, and throwing the back of the truck and, and did the same thing. And it's so crazy when you, when you give a kid the responsibility um, of dinner or the responsibility of, of ethically taking care of something, they want to do it. Uh, kids desire structure. There's a reason that teachers who are strict and nice are the are the the kids' favorite teachers. Like my my youngest, you know, I've got two girls. So when you do all the stuff with girls, it really hit my heart because I'm always doing stuff with all the little girls because all the little boys get left out. You know, we even did a duck a waterfowl thing this last past weekend, and it was like all these little boys running around and like the three little girls that were there and their dads. Like everyone's like, oh, there's the girls. Those those girls outshot the crap out of all those little boys. Um, but you look at this methodical thing that kids really want to learn how to do and you take that away from them by being a dad or being a parent who's like, I'm going to go in and do this, or this is the right way. This is the wrong way. And you actually give them the ability, like pulling the trigger. How, How exciting is it when those kids can sit there and watch someone else pull the trigger and get excited with them? It builds confidence. It builds encouraging. It builds them getting ready for their shot that they know that everyone's gonna be encouraging and watching them. Um, through through your guys' program with these big 50-inch TVs. It's huge. And then being able to go over and butcher down a deer and feel the accomplishment of doing that themselves. And, you know, knowing that if they screw it up, it's just another meatball. Don't worry about it. Like, we're still going to eat the meat. You, you've cut that wrong? That's fine. It's going to go in the grind pile. Don't don't worry about it. We took out a bunch of youth in San Antonio for an inner city program. They had a bunch of MLD tags at this ranch. This guy just bought, it's like a 40,000-acre high fence. That had not been managed properly. Oh, and, okay. Um, the guy bought it and literally did the surveys, did the helicopter surveys. They came in they're like, hey, you have to kill like 250 bucks and like 400 dough, right? It was one of those deals where he's like, dude, there's no way. So we brought in these kids and we're like, shoot anything that walks. You know, if it's brown, it's down type aspect. And I think those kids, they shot like 47 deer in two days, 30 hogs. And then we sat there and they processed it all. And I sat down with this one little boy 
from San Antonio, inner city. He said this is the first time he's ever seen grass. Okay. And oh, wow. when he's out there, like he's like feeling the grass and he's like 13 years old. Like, what do you mean? He's like, I've never felt grass. And I'm like, what? He goes, well, my school is, is parking lot. I live in the inner city. Like I walk to school, I see weeds, but I've never like felt grass. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like that's just weird for me to think of, but there's those kids. And then he, he shot his deer and we're sitting in a blind together, 13 year old Hispanic kid. And he starts weeping like a, like a little girl, you know, like, like me, like I'm, I'm weeping too. He's just like sobbing. I was like, what's wrong, man? And I go, you know, are you taking it hard? Are you this? He goes, no, I'm just excited because can I tell you something and you don't make fun of me? I was like, yeah, hundred percent, bud. He goes, the only time we get meat is when we go to McDonald's. How, how does that pull at your heartstrings when a kid says that at 13 years old? Yeah. And I, I mean went, that, and I was yeah, like, that makes me think of my kids of like, right. they, and I was like, they only know wild game. Yeah. It's my kids too. Like last night, my girl's going down the freezer, pulling out, we want this for this week. I'm like, okay. But he goes, we only get meat when we go to McDonald's. And I'm like, huh? He's like, well, we get burgers and chicken nuggets, but we don't eat meat. He's like, we get hamburger helper and we don't put in the hamburger. And so he shot, he shot like five deer. And we're sitting there and I was like, okay, we're going to cut out steaks. He goes, can we just make it all grind? And I go, yeah, why? He's like, well, because I'm just thinking, like, we can have tacos with it. We can have burgers with it. We can have, you know, hamburger helper with hamburger in it. And for a little kid who got so excited to shoot a deer and grind it up, like, you're telling me that that, that I don't know, that's just one of those moments that I'll always remember in my life. Of It's really kind of changed my perspective as a hunter, as an educator, and, you know, products like these. Because we're I think about it now. We were at that range, like you said. We, we got the range at, like, 10 o'clock. We're there till three o'clock in the afternoon, getting all these kids sighted in because you got to shoot one at a time or two at a time, right? Mm-hmm. In the range. Yeah. And then those other kids, the same thing, dude, they were throwing rocks at cans. They were punching each other. They were doing this, they were doing that. And to think about having a product that would have kept them engaged in that would have been absolutely huge. So kudos on you for doing that because it's one of my passions in education, which, you know, you follow me and you see all my stuff. So it's, it's, it's huge. And I always tell everybody too, getting the kids involved is great, but having their parents there is even greater because if you can build the bond between the two of them, it's going to last a lifetime. If you just take out a kid and their parents aren't into it or excited about it, it's going to die. You know? Yeah. I I think probably with, with this program, then the Texas Parks and Wildlife does such a phenomenal job and it's not, I don't think it's an official partnership with the Dallas Safari Club, but um, a lot of the the females that are part of it uh, have affiliation with the Dallas Safari Club, either as members, volunteers, actual employees. And so uh, for this program, it is guided by females. Awesome. And so they bring in, uh, you know, they pair off. So a, a female guide for every female hunter. And that's my favorite part oh, huge. is I'm an agent for the ranch. So, you know, I coordinate where everyone's going and do my cleaning process, but I'm not actually sitting in the blinds with them. So it's usually one of the, the lady guides, the kid, and then the uh, guardian. And, it is so, you know, we always break the ice around the campfire the first night, just, you know, 
what do you do? What kind of hunting have you done? You know, who got you into hunting? You know, how does it carry into your adult life? And, and I always find it so cool that, you know, you've got women in their forties, thirties, twenties that are like role models for these girls that, you know, their dad got them into hunting, their brother got into hunting. They didn't want to be left out. So they went, you know, with them and you can kind of see these girls like, Oh, I've never met a woman who was a hunter before. Um, and you know, it's like not just one, it's eight or 10 of them. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're all decked out in Sitka and they have all the, the new gun. Like you're like, Oh, this is not just something they picked up some gear on the way down here. Like these, these ladies, like they're incorporated with it. Yeah. Um, and my favorite part is the pictures that come after, you know, the bonds that, you know, when you shoot your first deer, they're sending pictures, they're, you know, crying and yeah. everyone's like afraid to talk the first, first half day. And by Sunday there's tears as they're leaving. And, um, you know, it's one of those things of, I have two girls, uh, almost five and almost three. And so I got to see this from before I had kids and was like, okay, I, you know, committed myself to at the first opportunity, you know, my kids are not going to be the the 17 year old who's, you know, about to leave for college, but got this, you know, her dad invited her on this thing. Um, you know, I had, I had my oldest in a blind with me at two. Um, and I just got my, uh, my wife was out of town. So I took my oldest and my youngest together in a blind, um, which if you've ever done that, it's challenging. Yeah, shut um, up. <laughs> yeah. My, my youngest kept saying, daddy, why don't we see deer? And she sang it like that loud. And my oldest would look at me like, dad, Maddie is so loud. Um, so we, we shot a pig who, you know, I think just felt bad for us. Um, you know, but it's something that, that wasn't like a, a weird thing for them. Like yeah. my four and a half year old, when I'm trying to sneak out to go to the deer blind at the ranch, you know, she's got one eye open. She's like, daddy, you going hunting? I'm getting ready. I'm like what kind of five-year-old gets ready at five 30 in the morning to go sit in the deer blind? Like, yeah. Well, uh, and that's, couldn't have boys, but here I'm trying to raise a couple girls, right? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, like I said, I have two girls also, no boys. And it's the same thing, you know, we're big, huge bird hunters here in Southern California because it's a, it's not like Texas where you can just kind of go out and lease. It's, you know, a lot harder for the big game. But same deal, like they've been in the field with me dove hunting since they were old enough to go sit out there. And I have, you know, all the pictures. But my oldest one, she, during COVID, got her hunting license. She said, I think, because in California you got to wait, you know, till you're older. And... But this year we went out dove hunting and she's been practicing her little butt off with her shotgun and it was opening morning and I'm out there with 30 of my buddies, you know, and Emma is the girl in the field. She just turned 12 and she's out there and all my buddies are, you know, they're talking They're and she's out there in the same mix like, oh, you suck. You're going to, you know, she's trash talking, having a good time. And I remember the first bird came flying down opening morning, right? I didn't even have my shotgun because I'm like, this is all. I mean, I can, I can tag out in 10 minutes if I wanted to because it's like Argentina where we go. The birds are just insane. And all this bird flies down the entire line, and not one dude takes a shot. They're like, Emma, 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 Emma. You know, she lifts her gun. She follows it. She pulls the trigger. Boom. I mean, beautiful. It just drops. 
and the whole entire field erupts, right? You know, of all these grown men erupting and cheering her on. And she looks at me, and then, you know, she looks at the dog, and I go, send him. And she sends the dog, and the dog goes out, gets it. And her face and excitement that morning was like something as a dad and a hunter. I've taken out 400 new hunters on new hunts, but the moment, like, your child pulls the trigger was just, and then I'm like, all right. And she's like, well, I'm going to beat you. And I was like, oh, okay, now it's on, you know. I load my yeah, gun. She's, like, a, right. she's a hunter for life now. Yeah. And, you know, and so she, she ended up, I think she ended up shooting five. And I told her I'll shoot anything that flies behind us. She was shooting in, in front. So she was getting all mad because the birds kept flying behind. So I was like, turn around. And they started flying in front. Um, but it's one of those moments that same deal was the next morning. You know, that, that night she's like, Dad, I'm just so tired. Because, you know, dove hunting, you get up before the sun up. And it's not like Texas where you got to, you know, some spots you got to hunt at noon. Like you can start hunting from sun up yeah. or half an hour before sunrise. And I'm getting out of the trailer because we were camping out by where it is. And it's the same deal. So all of a sudden, like I'm trying to be real quiet the second morning. And she's like, hold on, I'm putting on my pants. You know, as she's up in her bunk <laughs> in the trailer. I was like, no, you. I, th- studied, I thought you wanted to sleep in. No, no, my, my, my pants are, I'm almost there, dad. I'm almost there. And then her little sister's like, yeah, I'm not going out this morning. But it's just that moment of like when your girl gets it and then she goes here to school. I live in orange County, California and she's going to school and she takes deer meat and hog meat and, you know, pheasant to school and all her little friends are like, Oh, can we try it? Oh, can we have this? Oh, like she made, she, she brought heart jerky and all her friends are eating deer heart jerky. You know, and none of them have ever even left orange County, you know? So. That is funny. I just got back in town from a show and uh, I got home when my oldest was at school and there's, I literally just did uh, red stag jerky last week, and there was a big gallon size baggie left open on the counter. I was like, well, what the heck? Like, who would leave this open? So, you know, put it back in the fridge. It just went on my day. And I pick her up at school, and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm hungry. Can we, you know, get my bag out and, uh, you know, open it? And uh, she pulls out a, you know, Ziploc of jerky. And I mean, this is like, she, she turns five in July. So she's still little. Yeah. She's little. And, and I was like, is that my jerky? And she's like, yeah, I had mom open a package. I took some to school for a snack and she's just chewing on this like (laughs) pepper jerky. That's like borderline spicy. Um, but yeah, I, I had a story that, that came to mind when you were telling me that, um, that ties in, you know, what you and I love to do on the cooking side. Um, my wife studied abroad in, uh, in Italy, uh, for college, uh, for a little while and met friends of all walks of life. And so some close friends of ours live in upstate New York. Um, and they travel down, they love Texas. It's like, uh, you know, I'm going to come down here to America and drink Schinerbach beer and have yeah. barbecue <laughs> and, you know, drive around in a truck. Um, and so I love to play it up for them. And so they were here and, um, I love to fish, I fish South Texas, uh, a lot in the flats. And so, you know, I asked my, my daughter, it's like, okay, what should we cook them? She's like deer and fish. And, uh, so I get out some deer and do a, uh, do a spin on like a, a barbacoa. Um, and you know, we, we put in tacos and make tortilla and make tacos out of it. And, uh, and then I do the redfish on the half shell. And so they're eating it and they're loving it. And, uh, and my daughter speaks up. She's like, do you like that, that fish and that, uh, that daddy caught that fish. And, uh, 
then she was like, well, what about the taco? I was like, oh, do you like the taco? That's a deer. My daddy and I shot that deer. <laughs> and just like watching, you know, some some New Yorkers, their face like, you're four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why, why are you teaching me about culinary, you know, outdoor cooking? Well, um, it's... But it's been it's been fun. Yeah, the same thing with my daughters is it's funny because Oh, trash truck going by, nice. Um that's why we do podcasts live. You hear that trash truck? Let's wait a second. I uh, hear the brake squeaking now. Nice. Anyone that's listening, that's a trash truck. I'm gonna leave it in. I'm not gonna edit it because I don't feel like editing it, so enjoy the trash truck. It's not as loud on this end. Oh, good. Um, so one of the, I forget what we were talking about. We're talking about food, culinary. So my daughters, um, my wife laughs because they act like uh, food critics. So I create a new recipe. I bring it out for dinner, set it on the dinner table. And my daughters literally, I have a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old, or she just turned 10. Um, and they'll get out a piece of paper and start, like, critiquing it. Well, they'll, like, put a piece... So, Dad, we think that, that it's fantastic. I, like, uh, well, this is only a four star out of a five star, sir. And you, need, and I'm like, just eat your freaking. And you just poured your, yeah. Yeah, you just poured your heart into that. I'm like, just eat that. They're like, the picture, you know, Dad. Next time, the picture needs a little more of this or a little more of that. And I'm like, shut up. Um, but it's funny because I'm, we're actually building that within to our children. We're teaching them that food isn't fast. That it's not McDonald's. It's not Taco Bell. It's not you know Whataburger and In and Out. That by taking the time to create this food and we sit down every Sunday after church and we meal plan for the entire week. And then I go grocery shopping and, you know, we'll hit up farmer's markets for fresh produce. And it's fun when they get to choose their meal. Cause every week they choose one meal that they have to help cook. And it's crazy what their minds can come up with. I remember my, my oldest was like, this was last year. Hey, I think I want smoked rabbit macaroni and cheese. How about that? I go, what? <laughs> She's like, well, I think we should take one of the, I was looking, cause I've got two giant freezers and I, you know, it's all, this one's all red meat. This one's all fish and birds and other white meats. Right. And she's like, yeah, you know, I saw there was a giant rabbit in there. So what if we portion that out? We smoke it. We make a homemade mac and cheese. We pull that, we put it all together. We put like, can you, you know, can we fry some onions on top of it? And I'm sitting there going, yeah, that sounds delicious. Like that sounds awesome. But what other kid is thinking of doing that versus can we just have chicken nuggets, you know? Yeah. And I think, yeah. and I think that's just a testament to us as dads raising daughters and treating them like kids and not treating them like, you know, they are our princesses, but our princesses need to get dirty and need to rip their dresses and need to, you know, feel comfortable. So when they do go into the real world, they're not, you know, afraid of life, you know, like my daughter's. She had a part, she had a sleepover and one of her friends is like, wait, you guys have chores? She's like, you don't have chores? And they're like, no. She's like, we have a chore list. I'm like, yeah, you have a chore list. <laughs> like teaching you how to, you know, be a part of the real world. So um, anyway, we could probably, you and I could probably sit here and talk about culinary and kids all day long, which maybe we'll do on another podcast. I don't care. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll come out in one of your classes and you, you teach the butchering and I'll teach cooking. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, that's one thing that, um, I have really just hard pressed over the last, uh, really this season. Um, you know, I would always do my own processing, but I could never figure out sausage. So I'd, I'd send it to a local guy who made great sausage, but now I'm, I've kind of like, well, I just bought a big grinder and, you know, got a smoker. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like hard pressing into this. And 
it's freaking expensive. Like you shoot as many deer a year as I have, like just to get sausage made oh, yeah. out of them and basic processing. Like, I mean, that's a pretty big investment. Well, so yeah, well you, you and I talked about meat week, right? And you said you want to know more about meat week. You know, last year we shot 18 deer in two days for the, for this meat week and we processed it all. And it was funny because we're in this, we're at the deer lease and we're knocking out and we're making, I think we made 400 pounds of uh, bratwurst and sausage we made oh, nice. and uh, we made, you know, 50 pounds of summer sausage. We made 25 pounds of, you know, jalapeno. Anyway, a ton of, you know, every deer was just processed. And all these guys were coming in, a couple of other guys at least, and they're like, oh, you guys are wasting all your time, wasting all your energy. You're wasting the whole day. And I was like, you just shot five deer. How, mu- how much money is it going to take for you to go get what you need to do? They're like, oh, it's like 125 bucks a deer. I go, you know how, I, c-? I go, this grinder right here costs 300 bucks. So that's two deer. You know, this sausage stuffer right here cost me 125 bucks. So that's First of all, no one's paying 125 bucks to get one deer processed unless you're like getting the whole thing into breakfast sausage like I have no idea how much it costs. I've the, never I've I've only taken to a butcher 10 years ago once. Uh, like a basic trim package is usually like 85 bucks and that's like to break it down and like if you were to get the whole thing into hamburger meat, like no steaks, no bacon. Oh wow. Like I mean, if you get a, like, I used to get one deer a year processed into sausage, like 450 bucks. Seriously? Yeah. So I've, oh. I've kind of like, you know what, I'm going to invest in myself and figure this thing out. And, um, honestly, the, the YouTube guys, Beard to Butchers, um, you know, I kind of watched their programs and when they started putting out their DIY packages where, yeah. you know, you could buy the cheese and the ingredients and the cures and all that. I was like, shit, I'm going to try this myself. It's so easy. Um, it's so easy. Have you done it yet? Kind of. <laughs> I did a run of snack sticks. So like I said, I jumped into this and uh, I had two red stag and an eight point white tail buck that I processed all at the same time. I mean, that's a lot. It was no, yeah, 600 pounds of meat. And I pull out my wife's uh kitchen aid mixer <laughs> with with the grinder feature no and you and, and, and i with that you can't get if there's any sinew on that at all it gets cold. oh just tries to yeah i had it running on nine uh which is like the highest level and that thing's just going i ran that thing wide open three nights for five hours no and i i feel like i i did the meat a disservice like trying to do the you know, when you send it back in the fine grind and then it's like mush. Yeah. Um, and so I did a run of uh, jalapeno cheese snack sticks. And then to finish off my total amateur hour, uh, went outside. I didn't have a smoker yet. I had a uh, propane grill. And so I did an offset heat, you know, burner on one side low and then stacked up the other side and then got one of those uh, pellet. Smoker tubes. Yeah. So, I mean, they came out edible <laughs> and I did literally everything wrong imaginable. Um, so I've, I've already fixed that. Uh, gotten a few pieces here and there, but I've actually got two red stag hanging in a walk-in freezer as we speak that, nice. um, I go out of town this weekend, so I might go get them tomorrow. Um, but doing that on the KitchenAid, I've 
I've got a one horsepower dual grind coming. Nice. Uh, Which one did you get? So, uh, the made, uh, meet your maker one. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. I love their, I love their product. I have, I was, that was going to, I was going to be my next question. If you're, if that's what you're running. Yep. Uh, I've been running them since before they were even out. Like they had sent me free product to try and like review. And now it's just, again, it's one of those deals that you just can't like limb makes a great product, but I think for what the cost of you're getting, like you can get the 1.5 horsepower, you know, meter or meat that you can get with like a one horsepower limb. Um, and they're just, they're made for what we're doing. Like that's, I hope the dual grind is not too good to be true. It, oh, it's phenomenal. I mean, that's what I went with. I was like, I'll, I'm going to take the lick now yeah. because no, I hate doing the extra grind where you're pushing in yep. no, it's, already ground meat. No, it's, it's awesome. And cause it has, it has that double blade that goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm heading to meat week this week at the ranch and I always bring all my stuff. So they actually sent me stuff to keep down at the ranch now. So I'll, I'll have a 1.5 horsepower down there. I'll have um, the meat mixer, the 25 pound meat mixer. So when I throw in all my seasonings and then yeah, you need uh, to tell me if that's worth it. Oh, it is 100% versus you doing it by your hand. And it, uh-huh. and it hooks into your uh, your grinder. So you take off all your stuff, you put your auger into, into it, you turn it on, and it it augers everything, and you put all your meat and spices and seasonings versus by hand. Um, so me just making meat patties yes. is a thing uh, of the past? Yeah. And what I would recommend is going and getting a foot pedal. Um, I got one. Okay. So, yeah, foot yeah, pedal makes it's it easier because you can stop and start and stop and start. Um, and the sausage stuffer is great if you're doing it by yourself. If you've got your wife or someone helping you, putting it through the meat, like the grinder has all the attachments to do sausages. It goes way faster. But I found when I'm by myself, I can really kind of take the time to crank, twist, crank, twist. Um, yeah, I did. That was the thing I bought first. Um, the thinking I had it. Yeah, thinking I had it figured out on the grinder side, and that was a mistake. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but, but I mean, at least I got that. It's it's fun. And I know you were talking about the Bearded Butcher guys. Phenomenal stuff. Uh, there's also a company out there right now called PS Seasonings. So P as in people, S as in Sam Seasonings. Uh, it's actually the hat I'm wearing. Um, but they, I've been part of them for 15 years. And their whole thing is making every sausage flavor, every, like just, if you go look at their website, you're going to be blown away. Um, and they also have kits. So you can buy that whole kit. It has the casings, the, the seasonings, the cures, everything you would need for that kit. Um, in there, they also so, have you, big, so, so you can put in a good word for me, yeah, 100%. I'll actually talk to them. Uh, um, PS seasons, yep, um, I'm in, yeah. I'll actually, I'll actually send them a link, we'll, we'll talk later off air. But, um, it's phenomenal stuff. They also have where you can buy like 25 pound bags. So, if you're doing like 100 pounds of something, you can dump that whole thing in there. Um, that's prim- oh, wow. that's primarily what I use right now on everything. But you can go to their, their sausages, they've got like 150 different sausages. Every bratwurst, every spicy sausage making kits, uh, and those are like box kits. But you can go in and just buy the bag of seasoning and the bag of cure. Oh, okay. Um, those kits are nice because they come with the casings, the cures, the seasoning, the and it's made for like twenty five pounds of sausages, like everything for twenty five pounds of sausages. That's what I'm looking for. Um, and they've got jerky kits, snack stick kits, you name it. Uh, helped develop a lot with them over the years. They just came out with a new. Um, cherry chipotle snack stick that's not on the market yet but they sent me one to try this weekend so because i head to texas on tuesday and i'll be there for tuesday to monday 
kind of filling those tags and butchering. So, uh, tell me again where that place is in Texas. Uh, Comstock. So, but well, let, let's finish this up, and then you and I can talk later um, on this. But kind of tell people where they can find long shot targets, where they can find you on social uh, websites, all that good jazz. Yeah, so uh, longshotcameras.com is our website. Um, Longshot Cam on Instagram and uh, uh, Longshot Cameras on YouTube. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, I'm really looking forward to with with you and, and your followers is, you know, just making some good, holy content. Um, and honestly, that was the, the thing that we didn't touch on, but um, you know, kind of was the, uh, from, from clay, our, our CEO's perspective when we were, you know, Matt and I were all geeked out about, Hey, this is what, you know, we've got a bunch of cool opportunities for collaborations. And, um, you know, he's, a he took it from the, the realm of like, okay, who has, whose beliefs are aligned with like the mission that our company's on and, you know, furthering the word and, you know, kind of bringing followers and using our product to, uh, to spread the message. Um, and I know that, you know, when I, when I showed him your page and, you know, I think Christ followers, you're in your bio, like right under your name, like the first thing before anything else. Um, you know, so, uh, I think that says a lot about you and your content and, Appreciate it. uh, you know, I think something that, uh, you know, we're going to be able to do a lot of cool things moving forward. And, you know, obviously our companies and our brands align, uh, you know, at the very foundation. So perfect. Well, please go check them out. Uh, long shot cam on social media, give them a like, give them a follow. Um, and until then my friends go cook something and enjoy it.